0: you're the only power Power. that can save this world today Jesus you're the only power Power. that can save this world today Make some noise. Hey, hey, let's go, let's go.
1: Welcome back to another installment of Baltimore County a Podcast. What up, though? Episode 101. Appropriate to have lean back, the host of the Laptop Chronicles. <laughs> Woo! The Porncast, baby. Yes, man. It was appropriate. I felt like a 101, another first episode for the most part. Like, um, so... Another episode about hip-hop. Yeah, before we get into that, man, this Takashi shit, man. This
0: shit is getting wild. Man, that's... So, I I haven't haven't been keeping up with it. Because I thought initially he told on everybody. And that's how they were like, (coughs) you went from 35 years to like, what did he get, 9 years or some shit. And now he's telling on more people?
1: He's telling on... His homeboy that had to do with the shooting, if I'm correct, um, the shooting outside of um, either the hotel. Let me let me read some. Um. (laughs) Um. So he's he's telling on everybody at this point. He brought Trippy Red into it. He's. Gotten to the point that he's telling them in court how to do the the blood handshake. Um, he talks about Shoddy firing five or six shots into the um Sprinter van that Trippy Red was in. He's just telling on everybody now. What the fuck is gonna happen to this man? Like, is he gonna be in jail or is he gonna be like
0: witness protection? Um. I think so. So, let me say this because we were talking about it earlier. So, you know, like I can say I'm, I'm all into DJ Vlad for other reasons, but you know, watching his videos, you'll see a bunch of links. And Vlad interviewed the mother of Takashi's kid, okay? And even she was like, She even questioned him. She said, She questioned him, like, bro. What like what are you doing? Like you, you're not about this life. Mm-hmm. She told him that, according to her. And so, excuse me. So she was saying that he he is not about that life at all. Mm-hmm. And so for him, so I don't. I think he's going in the witness protection program because, like you say, he's telling on everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah he's telling on a whole organization from shoddy up to Mel Matrix. Uh, which was a part of uh bird gang
0: mm-hmm.
1: back in the day. Jim Jones's bird Gang. that was it was Jim Jones, uh, Mel Matrix, Stack Bundles, Max B, mm-hmm. a couple other people. Um, but yeah man, he's I don't I don't see him doing no jail time. Nah. At all. The way he's telling. I haven't even, I've never heard any informant tell this good. Like <laughs> I've never heard Nobody taking a stand on anybody and telling this much and in detail. Like somebody, somebody in the comments was like, "How the fuck does this nigga have this good of a fucking
0: memory, bro? Did he not do any drugs? Like, what the fuck?" And and that's what she was saying is she was like, he was hanging with some real deal street dudes. Yeah. And she thinks you know they they was like pressing him because he had the money, and he was like, "All right, I'm just gonna fall in with these guys," when he really ain't built like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what it is, for the most part. Is he just he just wasn't built for that life? you know, built yeah. that life, and now he realizes <coughs> like, shit got real. The feds, the feds come through with stacks, stacks of just papers mm-hmm. and pictures, and he was like, "Oh, this this is not for play play. Mm-hmm. Like people really die out here, and I'm in the middle of it, and this ain't for me." I look at it like uh, kind of like what Joe Buns was saying. He was alluding
1: to the fact that uh, he thinks that um, Takashi used the bludge, which is true. I just feel like both parties, both parties were equally used in the sense of he he used he had the talent for the fame, got the fame, used them as protection, mm-hmm. and they got money off of the protection. That's right. pretty much it. Like it's cut and dry like that. The yeah. only difference is he was. He wasn't smart enough not to be around the the shit. shit Like versus being a situation like like having silent partners of situations that are muscles. Mm -hmm. Like he should have just played the position, and they should have just fell back. They shouldn't have been his everyday people. Mm -hmm. They should have employed these people. It's kind of like a death row situation, in a sense. In a sense of having artists, Tupac, and it could have very well ended like Tupac. For him. Oh yeah. In the sense of oh well I got the muscle. I'm gonna sit and do whatever the fuck I want. But that um, you know, God rest his soul that that's what happened. Like
0: Yeah. That's and, and, that's you know,
1: ultimately like, what happened.
0: I've been I think uh I sent you the link years ago. Um somebody had put together the entire like pieced together the entire timeline of all the New York um, hustlers from oh, i seen that. I remember that. Yep. That was really good. And it was on IG. About, yeah. And then how Tupac was involved. So then it's like, okay, I got that part of it. And then, you know, I've been watching the Vlad videos uh-huh. on with uh, Mob James and the guy um, named Reggie Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie Wright Jr. Who ended The security guy, right? Yeah. He was okay. the head of death row security. Uh-huh. And Mob James was... You know, he was Mob Pyrue from Compton. Mm -hmm. They all grew up together with Suge Knight. You know, Suge Knight went this way to go to college and all that. Mob James went this way to be a street dude. And they pretty much say it now that Suge was not about that life. He came into the money, and then he started getting his homeboys from the block who were real deal gangsters. Mm -hmm. And... You know, Suge had the muscle; he had the backing. He had the he had the dudes with the guns and the, you know, with with the real rep who were doing the dirt. You bring in Tupac, he falls right in line with that. Mm-hmm. And reading, cause you know they the they, they figured out who killed Tupac, mm-hmm. and so listening to the dude's uncle, the dude, uh Keefe D, mm-hmm. his nephew Orlando Anderson. He he said, yeah, he shot Tupac. Then another interview with uh, the dude, BG Knockout. Mm-hmm. Him and him in Orlando were were real cool. And BG Knockout said, for the most part, the dude Orlando, you know, Baby Lane, he was he was a for real killer. So Tupac didn't know who he was stomping out in the MGM. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't know that this dude had a for real. Rap in the streets of Compton for being about that life. So like you say, Tupac unfortunately was like, oh, okay, I got big man in front of me. Big man got all these dudes in front of him, mm-hmm. so I could stand behind all of them and and rah rah rah. Mm-hmm. And he had some had some for real cats run up on him like this is real. Yeah, you, you know what's was crazy before I before I
1: came here, I was uh, reading on um. It's like a rabbit hole, honestly. Um, And somehow I got on to a chat board they were talking about, uh, Stack Bundles. Mm -hmm. And uh, somebody was like, well, how did he really get killed? And this is the first time I've ever heard this. Something about people he was with tried to rob Zab Judah Mm. at the club, and Stack Bundles intervened. And these were guys that came with Stack. Came with stats and they like intervened. He like intervened or something like that. And mm-hmm. from that point, um, they came back and you know ultimately killed him. Yeah, like they tried uh-huh. to rob him. And that was the first I've never heard anything about that like hmm. ever. So um, that that kind of took me by surprise. Yeah, I, I read that. I read that probably like um, shit, like an hour before I got over here. I okay. it, it was the first time I ever heard about heard about that but um how'd you feel about the glass of malone um video
0: let me see that one. Which
1: one oh it, he has a video out um two pop must die and it's from the perspective of baby lane you never seen that mm-hmm. it just came out probably like probably like two three months now
0: oh it was
1: it, wow very good it was very directed very well it's first video first person shit too so it's like he got the camera on him
0: i think i i think i heard it said i might have popped up on my google feed tupac must die but you know i've been hella busy yeah Get, so watch that watch okay. that it's
1: really good it's really good very detailed mm-hmm. um and what glasses on, was saying it made sense it's like i niggas live by they rep bruh yeah. and it's like I could go back to my hood and I could be looked at the guy as the motherfucker that like got stomped up by a rapper
0: mm-hmm.
1: or kill him
0: mm-hmm. like
1: and, and and I got it from that perspective I understood I understood what he was doing with the video it had nothing he would have made that same video for anybody else it's just that Tupac you know he's, he's passed away mm-hmm. and people hold Tupac to a high a high regard so when it came out, it was a big thing, and that's why big I say it popped thing. up on
0: my Google feed, mm-hmm. and it said "Tupac must die." But like you say, that 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 title is catchy. Yeah. So I think that's why I looked at it, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't read the article because I'm like, oh man, this is some bullshit talking yeah. about Tupac. It's somebody trying to get some attention, but uh-huh. like you say, it was. It's for is it okay, so I'm gonna yeah. watch it. I'm That watch makes it. sense.
1: Um. So yeah. Uh, uh. Moving right along, a little bit of happier. You know. Upbeat. Uh, Wale has a new album coming out. Okay, and it's gonna be called, uh, I, if I'm correct, Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, let me double check. Okay. I, yeah, that shit threw me off. Yup. Wow. Dot dot dot. That's crazy. That's the name of the album. He's uh, he's uh he's going on tour. The tour is called Everything Is Fine Tour. Um. You remember when we went to the Rhapsody concert? The kid that opened up for Rhapsody. I think his name is Deontay. Or Deontre, Deontay Wilde, uh, Hitchcock. Uh, Hitchcock. Yes. He's, he's on tour
0: Thank with you,
1: him. Man. It's him. Aid. Uh, I think that's his name. Phil I. Day. The guy that was signed to him. And Young Chris. He has Young Chris on his tour. Rock- the,
0: Rockefeller Young yes.
1: Chris? Yes. And him and Young Chris have always been close. Now, I watched IG and I seen that Young Chris... He, uh, while he made reference to Young Chris having one of the hardest EPs that's going to come out this year. Mm-hmm. You know I'm like a huge Young Chris yes, fan, bro. Yes. I'm so happy that he is still touring with a major artist in 2019, 2020. I just hope he gets his fair shape, bro. I really do, bro. Because I, I, both the Young Guns, Neaf last album was amazing. The projects Young Chris came out with is amazing
0: I think I heard one of I think I heard Neve Bucks Yeah Last last one I think she, it was a trash bag Uh something like Forever night. Do Me 6 Okay it was a different one then It was one where him and Young Chris Were on the cover mm. It's like a blue cover I think mm. And
1: uh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but shout out Shout out to them man Especially Young Chris bro right. I always like to see yeah. What he's doing Have you um Are you a Wally fan? I,
0: yes and no Okay Um Yes in the sense that When I do listen to him Um I love his music mm-hmm. No in the sense that I'm not really checking for his music
1: Okay Alright
0: You know what I'm saying Um but when when I do hear it, I'm like yo, like the the new Rick Ross, uh-huh. the song he got. I think it's the first song on that Rick Ross album. Yeah, that shit is hard. Does that sound dated to you? I, no, I didn't it, think so, it sounds like
1: 2006 ish. Only because is it, it sounds like Let's Luger. It sounds mm-hmm. like a Let's Luger
0: beat. Okay, yeah, I mean, see whenever <coughs> whenever I hear Rick Ross. <coughs> excuse me. I automatically think his beats is just...
1: He has a really good <sighs> ear for beats. Hammond Freeway. You said it. Yeah. You said it
0: years ago. He has an amazing ear. It might beats. be the best in hip-hop. Yeah. Like, that that whole Maybach Music, Justice League, whoever he gets to pick his beats. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. So, yeah. I didn't... I didn't, mm, I didn't even think about it because when I hear Rick Ross, I'm like, I'm going to hear some, some dope-ass beats. And I never think about if they from before or they now
1: how'd you like Port of Miami too? I love it really yeah I keep on asking people was Port of Miami one that good and was it a classic
0: I'd say was it that good no okay was it a classic as a whole no but it had hustling okay um, Pushing it but Yeah And I think It was one more song Cause I used to listen to them all in the gym um, uh,
1: It was one more It was a single I think I think he had three singles that was hustling, uh, It was Hustlin' Push it But
0: I think That's what made it That's what solidified Him mm-hmm. Was hustling, mm-hmm. And I think without that song Rick Ross wouldn't be who he is I agree So he can make Port of Miami too. Because Porter Miami once solidified him mm-hmm. as Rick Ross, and then his reputation took off from there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Um,
1: I was reading that Kanye West has an album called "Jesus Is King" coming out nine twenty seven. He was recently in Atlanta for the uh. Sunday service. He had the mm-hmm. Sunday service, and uh he had Jamal Bryant down there. Mm-hmm. Jamal Bryant is actually he left Empowerment Temple. And He's down in Atlanta at a yeah. uh, these uh, are Eddie Long's, oh, Eddie
0: Long's old church. Oh, that was Eddie
1: Long's old church. Yeah. Oh wow, that's a one So what the fuck, What? Oh, Lord, forgive me. What
0: does Eddie Long do now? Eddie Long is dead. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Hey, <laughs> he had he had chemo, or I'm um, not chemo. When le- did he pass? Okay, so remember he got caught up. Yeah, in, with, in with, the, the, fun, with yeah, the boys. Yeah, it was not too long after that. Um, maybe like a year after that, he had he had leukemia or cancer. Some something that he didn't really announce that he had, and they announced it after he died. Like, yeah, he was sick. And then everybody was like, oh, that's why he was losing weight.
1: Yeah, he lost a, a lot of weight. I do remember that. the and, pad, yeah. back from picture. Yeah.
0: And that's, it was because that, that was eating his body up. Yeah. But i I never... Hey, oh, damn. I <laughs> forgot see, about that. <laughs> okay, so number one, I, I feel some kind of way about this Kanye Sunday service thing. Okay. It's weird to me. Because I think... <laughs> I think as a culture, we were feeling some kind of way when Kanye West went to bat for Trump.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, he shouldn't, he doesn't speak for us as a culture. Uh-huh. And everybody's like, oh, we got to cancel Kanye, cancel Kanye. Yeah, Kanye's canceled. Then all of a sudden, he shows up at Coachella. Oh, no, it started before Coachella with the Sunday service thing. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, Kanye's back. Like so, what is it? Like, mm-hmm. are we gonna cancel him or are we gonna ride with him?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, the thing about Jamal Bryant, word in the Baltimore streets is
1: mm-hmm.
0: my man did some dirty work mm-hmm. with some youngins and has some illegitimate kids out here. Mm-hmm. That's why he, that's for a while he was he was laying low. That's what it was. He was stepping out doing doing wrong wrong. Mm-hmm. So for my man to show up in Atlanta under coming behind Eddie Long who was already doing some weird shit. Now you're throwing Kanye in the mix. I just feel like people have very short-term memories.
1: Absolutely, especially the black community.
0: If you're going to ride with somebody, ride with them. If you're going to cancel them, cancel them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'd I, I never... like I, I think it was you who told me the, the Sunday service shit is amazing. From what? Yeah. Um... <coughs> Shout out to Stacey.
1: Stacey is not trying to hear none of this shit. She's, she's like, yeah, fuck that nigga, like, yeah. But um, for me, like, it doesn't bother me simply because I'm like, you just an entertainer, bro. Like, I think I think the issue becomes with us is we look at these people more than what they are. They're entertainers, bro. Mm-hmm. I I'm not looking for I'm not looking to, for Kanye to be more than Kanye, mm-hmm. the rapper. Like, you feel me? Like he's not he's not like a. I'm not looking at him like Jay. Like like it doesn't. I, he I don't get that from him. I look at him as like an entertainer. Yeah, he did that shit with Trump, and I'm just like, all right, well, fuck him, <laughs> fuck right. him too. Like, yeah. but the music is what I'm listening to. I don't give. What he does with Donald Trump doesn't... I'm not thinking about that shit. Like, I'm... And, it, I mean, <laughs> as bad as that might right, like really sound, I'm not thinking about it because it's like...
0: He's a musician. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not... I don't give a fuck. Like, well, at the same time, people can say the same thing about Jay-Z. Yeah. And look what he's doing on the social side of things. Yeah. So it's like... But
1: Kanye West don't really have, like, a, uh, a history of doing, like, much... In like the world span of the communities, mm-hmm. you feel I me? Mean? Like mm-hmm. outside of keeping his word that everybody can get a pair of Yeezys, like, like <laughs> oh, that's pretty much yeah, it. you would talk
0: about gym shit. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm gonna center myself on that because somehow I've low key become a gym sh- a sneakerhead. Yeah, it's amazing, bro. You just, know? just let it take over, bro. It's okay. Life yeah. yeah, is short. Buy the sneaker. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yes. Like, I mean, I don't really. Well, anyway, back, back to the Sunday service. So basically what I'm saying is him take... He's revisiting Jesus Waltz and expanding there on it. There we go. That's all it is. He's expanding on it. And basically I kind of feel like... It's kind of like a revenge kind of thing. Like he sees that he should have expanded on Jesus Waltz then. Sunday service and Jesus Waltz would have worked hand-in-hand, college dropout. But it would have. I think it would have changed him from being a hip-hop artist to a gospel
0: artist. You mm, don't think yeah, so? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they would they would have pushed him in that.
1: Yeah, band. because I I got Jesus walked and I decided to come with a service. It's not it, it's totally different than DMX saying prayers on the end yeah. in the in the middle of his album and stuff. Yeah. So, but he's taking like hip hop records and making them Jesus beats. Yeah, like
0: because I remember um, wait a minute, which one? Which one? Which one? Who? I can't believe I can't remember. Salt From Salt and Pepper Uh huh I guess She Hired Or Kanye did a favor She had them come down She was at like Some kind of uh, Like youth Church thing Summer camp Whatever You know Kanye West came through And He did Jesus Walks And I remember She was mad Because They didn't realize That Jesus Walks it's not really a religious song uh-uh. and she was like and I'm thinking I'm, I'll never forget I'm reading an article and I'm thinking to myself how did you not know that yeah just cause the word Jesus is in it doesn't mean that it. it's a holy roller song and that's where like like you say if he's if he's taking rap songs and putting the Jesus walk beats on them that's not initially what that was in the beginning yeah so now he's just trying to capitalize on something that he should've did before or he could've Excuse me, he could've... I don't know. I, I, like I say. I... Stopped.
1: He's spinning this shit. Like, yeah. you taking genuine soul anxious and changing the word so it's more church-like. It's just like... And we just eating it up.
0: Yeah, and... Like, just like Kirk Franklin when he... <laughs> fucking Millie Rockin'. And his sturdy.
1: Millie Rock was, oh it was harsh. God, it wasn't shit. even sturdy, it was harsh. It was...
0: <laughs> man, it was, Yeah, it was, because one man had the screw face...
1: And the, and like the wrist was so short, was, the wrist and the elbow connection was extremely short. Like, is it? I'm a fat. Like, What's man. up with you, nigga?
0: I, I, I ain't even the most dancer. of the, I know the dance. I ain't doing it, but I know that shit was crap.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know, man. <clears throat> Shout out to Ye. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna listen to the album because, like everything, I listen to everything. So I'm gonna give the album a chance, see what happens, man. You know.
0: And I really feel like remember um. Shannon Sharp clowned him for this.
1: Shannon Sharp is a wishy washy ass nigga.
0: <laughs> I like Shannon Sharp, bro. He got a the greatest wishy-washy. gif in history. Yeah. We... The... Nope. Skill! She...
1: Skill! 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 <laughs> All right here, Skill! I don't want to hear Skill. I told you Skill. what way I tell you. What I tell you, Skill? Right, so,
0: I think Kanye tried to get out of his contract with EMI. Yeah. But but it said that he cannot <laughs> He cannot keep working for the rest eat, of his life For the rest of his life And that's bro. what he agreed to Right So Skip was like Yeah hey, you, you were slave, Just like the ones you was trying to Talk about on TV. Like, I got you, nigga.
1: Shannon. God damn you, Shannon. (laughs) You piece of shit. Shannon,
0: like, there was the belt when Shannon was like, Yeah, I'm going to go way below it. Uh Where we at? We got enough time? But, you know, that's that's the thing. I I feel like Kanye is just trying to fill a gap. Like, all right, let me get EMI off my head somehow, some way, Mm -hmm. and keep these people happy since I literally have to make music for them until I die. It's just crazy. Man, that nigga's wow. So what was you about to say? Oh no, I was I was saying which is crazy that he signed that contract. But I don't know, I don't know if you going this way, but uh I watched the of Mike's of men of Mike's and men on Wu Tang and that whole contract situation. So for Kanye to be indebted to this company through a contract and then to see what Wu Tang went through with their contracts, like it's just so the Wu Tang
1: situation is a prime example of one person knowing more than everybody else and taking advantage of it. That's that's that's.
0: You guys put it best. You guys said we were doing homeboy business. Yeah, and homeboy business, like you say, doesn't work when one person knows business business. And like you kind of feel bad for them, but then at the same time. I think uh, uh, Divine was like When he was sitting on the boat I think I had a boat He had I a know, boat I just, like, like he had a boat <laughs> But like he said Every time he got paid He invested his money Yeah He like alright I'm taking these chips I'm going to buy this house I'm going to buy this house I'm going to buy this house Like like when Jay-Z said He could have bought He could have bought that building In downtown Brooklyn For 200 grand Uh huh 20, 25 grand I think it might be two hundred. if something two five. Yeah. Is it two hundred fifty or two hundred grand? And that building is now worth like twenty million. Mm-hmm. He was like, "I'm an idiot." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Divine was like, "I'm gonna take advantage of him." So I think in some way, the Wu Tang, you know, the ghost you know, uh, Ghosts, think they mad that they didn't follow his lead. Yeah. And my man was like, "It's not my fault." But here's my thing, right? to harp on
1: the homeboy business shit, right? Now, this is why I don't feel sorry. Uh street niggas. This is no different than the streets. Like, this is no different than the streets, bro. Like Like how do you, how, how can I feel no like how can I feel sorry for you and you come from a situation that you know, you know, you get this product, you know to split on the product. You, like, you know the business. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Like, the issue was they didn't apply, like, RZA and Divine apply the street element that they came from to the business. Right. And they should have. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, that. that's the only thing. That's where they messed up. How do you like the, uh, the show? I fucking love that
0: show. I watched it. I, I've been watching it. I'm glued to it. I'm so mad because, man, they fucking duped this. I'm so mad that they put out the first three episodes. Yeah. And I'm so like, fun. all right, so every Wednesday they're gonna put out like multiple episodes. No. no they just no, give no. us one. We're on five now. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up like five o'clock this morning, watch that shit, and then I realized I had nothing else Wu Tang to watch for the rest of the day. It was like, God damn it. But um man, the character fitting fucking incredible. hmm You know? Um yeah, we yeah, we were talking about that. Matter of fact I was talking about it with, with my man, Kev, he's a big Wu Tang fan. And um like like I mean like I said, man, for me to see the Wu Tang clan on TV for everybody to see, everybody in the world, I never would have thought that. You know, at 14, 15 years old when that shit came out and I was watching it. On the video jukebox in the in the lunchroom of the high school I was in, mm-hmm. I'd have never thought that Wu Tang would be where they are culturally. Mm-hmm. They're they're they cult. I'm not cult. Uh, cult classic. I never would have saw that coming. And I think RZA's—he's definitely. Uh, oh, you know what? On the uh, the fourth episode of, of Mike's and Men, after they were talking about that whole. Um, once upon a time in Shaolin. Oh, was so fucked up. They was kind of clowning RZA. Yeah, he didn't want to say like, nothing. What the fuck is this? He's like, right. man, I think the nigga who did that shit, man, he need to be slapped. The RZA was kind of sitting like, here, <laughs> I was in <Yeah>. it. <laughs> you know, he didn't want to say
1: nothing. I got what he was trying to do though. It was trying to be like art. <laughs> like, but uh, it, it was trying, it was trying to pose it like art. Yeah. Like, and I, I get it, but it wasn't considerate to the members else's... of the world. Yeah,
0: like, and I'm I'm so glad because I remember when it came out, it said we, you know, they were like, oh, we have a once in a once in a lifetime uh, Wu Tang album, and I felt like, damn, I'm you know, I'm a I'm a hundred air, you know, I got. Like, <laughs> I'm like, damn, you know, I'm I'm gonna miss out on some Wu Tang greatness, but then after seeing. The, the Showtime documentary, you realize that it was some bullshit. So I'm like, oh yeah, that that little uh, Wall Street dude, he can have that trash. Yeah. Because it wasn't a Wu Tang album.
1: Yeah, no, nah, it was just a whole bunch of piece together shits and shit like that. <sighs>
0: yeah, but. Ooh, that's a good taste.
1: Right, so I um I recently went to New York, right? And um just taking pictures of different murals, went to different museums and stuff like that. And I came across this Blondie,
0: mm-hmm. um
1: mural. And I remember you mentioned Blondie briefly
0: Mm
1: -hmm. on um, the Bronx episode available in the Archives of Baltimore County Forever podcast, episode, I believe, uh, two of season two. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I wanted you to like expand on who Blondie was, what was her impact on hip hop and just, you know. It was a little background information of who she was.
0: So she was she was in uh she was a punk rocker. <clears throat> so in the in the 70s um you were coming out of the the hippie era. Mm-hmm. And punk rock was taking over. It was real heavy in New York. And uh like the East i uh, not East Village, um Greenwich Village. So in particular, there was one spot called CBGB. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, and that's where like the the Ramones, Iggy Pop, um, uh, I think Henry Rollins performed there, and she performed there. <clears throat> so she was in a group, and she did punk rock. At the same time in the Bronx, you know, you, in Bronx Brooklyn, everything you had hip hop starting, which hip hop started not with the rappers, started with the DJs, Cool hurt. So you had the DJs, then you had the B boys, and you had graffiti. So those three were coming together, and then so you know they that's that element's moving around New York. Then you toss in, um, you got people like um, Fat Five Freddy, who is in the art world because he was cool with like Andy Warhol and Basquiat, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but he was also. He was also a, uh, excuse me. He was in a b-boy crew, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, so you had, you know, you had like Fat Five Freddy in in the art world. You had Russell Simmons in the college world, um, and so they moving in these different elements. So Fat Five Freddy, knowing who he knows, on both sides of the lane. <clears throat> he links up with Blondie. Um and this is around the time when people started rapping but you know he had like the Curtis Blow type rapping. It was kind of it was kind of uh gimmicky. Hmm. So that's what it was that's what the rapping was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like a gimmick. So Blondie was like she's one of the first quote unquote rappers. But she didn't do it as Serious as we take it now Like you know Now it's like Oh you ain't got these bars You know mm-hmm. like Like break these bars Uh huh On um, which last episode I saw was uh, Rhapsody Which side note she got a new album out
1: <sighs> I gotta really sit down Me and Vic was talking about it You have to You, you have, have to sit Yeah like you have to Have time on your hands Yes Cause I've tried to listen To the album three times I tried to listen mm-hmm. to it on a plane to Houston. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sleepy at the time. I tried to listen to it at work. That didn't happen either. Like you got to sit mm-hmm. like a time like now and really sit and listen to it.
0: Like so. She's so fucking introspective. Uh, you know, amazing. So, uh, amazing. Yes. She, she should be protected at all costs. Yes, for real. So um. So it wasn't. So you know, you had the gimmicky rap. Which is what Blondie was doing, and she did it in a place like CBGB. So you had a white crowd, you have this white girl who is doing this black quote-unquote thing, because rap it was it wasn't supposed to it wasn't supposed to be around as long. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a phase. Oh, look at those guys spinning on the cardboard. Oh look at this guy walking around. He he doesn't. He's his uh, the tongue of his shoes is is up. Um, you know when you watch um, Breaking, mm-hmm. like Breaking Two, I think Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo. Okay. Like people are like, man, this shit is trash. It was such a cliche type movie. Mm-hmm. So that's what rap was supposed to be. But it, you know, the the essence of the art is what we see every day. So when the message came out, when you, you know, um uh shit, what else was out at the time? Um I think that was really one of the most influential ones. Cuz it really didn't it really like the, the the essence of what was going on in the hood didn't get spoken about until like 86, 87, height the crack era, um but in 79 she's she's in front of this crowd she's rapping you know she's got Fat Fry Freddy backing her um and then MTV came out so MTV which at in 79 and 80 was really music television Mm -hmm. there was no like I say rap wasn't supposed to be around so they didn't have you know MTV Raps they didn't have um a lane for rap music but you had this white girl do it Mm -hmm. so they were like okay she's gonna be the face of rap and so that's essentially what she was she was like remember remember you might have been a kid um remember weird weird Al Yankovic yeah when he did his little rap thing yeah it was supposed to be funny um
1: he did Coolio joint. yeah
0: that's what she was like a parody like a parody yeah Okay. you know that's that's what but not so funny like she was really doing it but it wasn't like she could really understand growing up in Brooklyn in a house with no heat and you know your father's gone and your mother's working three jobs and and she couldn't understand being in Staten Island Mm -hmm. and living in the projects because that's the only place you have to live because the housing authority makes you live there um you know, you you can't buy a house in certain neighborhoods because you're being redlined through society. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? She can't understand that.
1: So she was exploited in the culture. Yes. Now, is it, who's the blame? Is Fab Five Freddy, is he to be blamed for this or is that considered pushing the culture forward?
0: I think it pushed it forward. As okay. much as you kind of want to blame him for it, it pushed it forward because it, it pushed rap itself to different audiences. Mm-hmm. And I think by pushing it to different audiences, different people got 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 the 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 droppings of it, mm. and then when it started to stick, it wasn't such a shock. It was like, oh, we've heard this before. We've been expecting this. Yeah. This, this is nothing new. It's just on a different side now. You know what I'm saying? Because um, that was that was between. Yeah, 79 and, like, 86. And then... um, Yeah, because... Uh, no, that came out in 89. Thinking about the... Uh, Self-Destruction.
1: Oh, uh, KRS yeah, one And, yeah. like, all the New York
0: rappers. That uh, was, like, <clears throat> 80s. That was, like, 87, 88. Yeah,
1: I'm going to say it was 87. Um, I actually just was looking at that shit. Because I was... Evolution of Hip Hop. Yeah, I was watching that, and they were talking about it. Yeah.
0: So I want to say that was eighty seven. Yeah, because I remember that was that was Something the East Coast right. version, and then the West Coast version was uh, we're all in the same game. Yeah. Um. Should have MC Hammer on it. Yeah, it had everybody MC Hammer, yeah. Three Five Seven, NWA, uh, Easy, yeah. Easy, yeah, which, um, I mean, like I say, man, I've been I've been learning about this this the 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 history of LA gang culture, and. Where Ice T fits in, where where does
1: uh, Ice T fit in in the gang culture?
0: He, he he's from South Central, and he knew the guys in the gang in his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but he even admitted, "Hey, I would never, I would never in the game with them guys. I was a hustler. Mm-hmm. I knew those guys." And um, there's a dude named Big Cats from the same neighborhood as Ice T. Mm-hmm. He was um cause they all from the I guess the part of South Central they from is the Rolling Sixties, which was where Nipsey was from. Okay. Um so all the all the man, all them OG dudes that I've been, you know, watching and and they talk about that was a way of life for them. And then Ice T just he knew those guys. But he started rapping and like the dude big Cass He said whenever, you know, he would, like, go to jail for bits of time, he would come home, Ice-T would grab him up. Like, hey, man, I'm about to go on this tour. You coming with me. That's how he started rapping. Okay. And then he ended up, um, he owns Tupac's Masters. Who? Big Cass. He owns some of Tupac's Masters, and he owns Bone Thugs and Harmony's Masters. Wow. Yeah. Big Cass. Um... And he said he got the, he got the bone thugs masters because something happened with, it was like right after Easy died. And it was something in the contracts was weird and he picked up on it. And it was a matter of him or Easy es wife getting down to the courthouse first to pay some kind of court fee, like it was thousands of dollars to pay this court fee to get the masters and he just so happened to get down there first. That was that's according to him. Um but that's where Ice T comes in, you know, with 6 in the Monopoly at Mondo. You know, Mm-mm. that was that was real. You know what I'm saying? Which do do you watch Snowfall?
1: Yeah, I've been been binge watching it. <laughs> I'm on episode 7 of season 2 right now.
0: Oh, dude, you that shit's going to take 3 4 turns on you. Um but that 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 was real to a lot of them dudes. You know that was real to almost everybody in L.A. You um, know you know that gang life. You know and in New York that drug life. And so for Blondie to stand up there and rap, it, it didn't resonate with a lot of people, but it resonated with the people who look like her. Mm-hmm. So that's where she comes in.
1: It says that uh, he's an extortionist. Big cash. Strong arm. Lazy bone from Thug label. Wow. <laughs> Somebody's like, we need that Vlad interview.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, um... He, he talked about it. I can't, uh... I oh, shit, I have watched so many fucking videos, man. Um... But, yeah, it, he... Of course, um like Lazy Bone said that he, he basically beat them for the contracts and the masters somehow. But yeah, he claims that he own he, he owns them. Um how? That made
1: sense with the label. Mm-hmm. So, uh <clears throat> from Blondie to on on the table we have Chuck D presents This Day in Rap and Hip Hop History. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this book is uh, basically it just goes through each day in hip hop?
0: Um, yeah. Like, you got, you know, it talks about, like, years. Um,
1: Days and years? Yeah. All right. So, boom. Let's pick your
0: birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh... 1979 So I would be In this era okay. So it's like something Like not everything Happened like every day Okay But You know talking about 73 Cool Herc Through the first party On August
1: 11th Okay so let's do this Let's pick a year mm-hmm. As closest to your The middle of Your birthday Or my birthday
0: it would be that would be this one. No, 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 no. I'm oh, saying like year. a year. Oh, so let let's say. pick seventy nine. You were born what? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. So we could say eighty-six. I'll take eighty six. Okay. So let's go. And uh today is today September eighteenth. Alright. So we got all right, we got July twenty fifth. Talk about the two live crew and then it skips all the way to November 15th
1: alright so So, what does it say about the 2 Live Crew
0: alright so it says uh, the 2 Live Crew releases the 2 Live Crew is what we are um picture some ass cheeks
1: (laughs) how did that change hip hop Uh,
0: censorship Mm. um because for um I think we talked about it before when Luke got that um that award at the B E T awards and he stood up there and he said that he had to fight those court cases, the censorship court case the 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 second the not the second amendment, the um First Amendment freedom of speech mm-hmm. cases. He said I did that out of my own pocket. Mm-hmm. Um because I remember when he was, you know, putting out albums And they were like, oh, this is obscene Because him being from Broward County You know, Florida Southern state You know, very very heavy Um You know, religious influence mm-hmm. And so You know, you, you, you can't have People With Their asses out making music But that was a part of the culture You know what I'm saying Um you had the drug culture of Miami. You sure, had the cartels. Yeah, sure. the, the cartels, the cocaine, you know, and how it even influenced the, the football team mm-hmm. of, of the, the University of Miami. Oof. If it was, you know, you watch that 30 for 30?
1: No, nah, I heard it's crazy, and them <sighs> well, niggas is crazy.
0: If it wasn't for them guys from Little My- uh, little Haiti, from um, Fort Pierce, from all the different parts of southern Florida sure, in the cool. hood. That team wouldn't be what it is, you know. That that I think it was Dennis Erickson was the coach. He was going into the neighborhood and getting players. You know, at the time in the eighties, um, that that was almost unheard of for a coach. You know, most of the players were coming from you know these clean cut families, quote unquote. So for him to go to in the hood. Get players to come to, to the University of Miami, which is a private institution, but a lot of people don't know. Mm. Um, and they're winning national championships, but they're doing it their way. You know they they're they're dancing. They're you know I'm saying Michael Irvin is on the field showing out. Deion Sanders is on the field, high stepping, gold chains, and mm-hmm. all that. They they are who they are. Um and they's they're from the same neighborhood as as Luke was. So he knew these guys. They had the money, you know. So Luke was showing um his influence. There's nobody like that. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the music itself, um you know, Broward County and and being in Florida and you know the, that that church influence and everything which was heavy they couldn't have this dude out there Mm -hmm. um but he was like it's freedom of speech I'm an American citizen right why does the constitution not apply to me Mm -hmm. which is something that you know we fight today you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like I remember reading an article about in this one particular neighborhood in Chicago um shout out to Gloria um Oh yeah, you talk about all I'm gonna say, who the hell's that? Yeah, hey, oh. hey. But she, um she meant I don't have it on the book. <laughs> <laughs> but this one this one particular area of Chicago, they were for some reason they were they were applying for their um, concealed weapon permits. But everybody in this zip code was getting denied their CCW permits. Uh-huh. And this particular zip code just happened to be in like one of the neighborhoods in Chicago. It was a black neighborhood, black area part, of, you know, black part of town. And you would think that the NRA would step in and say, why are you denying American citizens their right to bear arms, their constitutional rights? Mm-hmm. But nothing, nothing. You would think that the NRA would step in and say, why is Philando Castillo dead? He had a legal right to carry his firearm." He was a law-abiding citizen. Why is he dead? They didn't say nothing. So when you have loot, you know our, our fight for constitutional rights as a people is not new. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying the Constitution. You know, like like Dave Chappelle said, man. And I saw this thing on uh, Tumblr. It said it said as a as a black person in America, I don't love America. I tolerate her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying because you have. Why? Why is Why is Arnold Schwarzenegger allowed to get on TV on on the movie screen in the '80s? You know, a commercial for the new Rambo just came on. Yeah, Rambo's been out since the since the early '80s. Like, why the fuck is he still making Rambo's? Yeah, I mean, he got. I'm sure he got a child support check out there. Like a motherfucker, <laughs> swearing his words. But he was able to get on screen. And blow stuff up. Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is able to get on, on screen and blow stuff up and shoot people. And that's okay. But Luke can't get on record and say what he wants to say. He's an American citizen. The Constitution should a, should apply to him. Mm-hmm. Constitution should apply to all of us. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. And so that was, as a kid, man, 86, I would have been seven. Yeah, I would have been seven. Just turning seven. And I remember watching that on the news, like this album is obscene, um, and also because of him, we now have parental advisory stickers or you know on albums. So that's what I remember about about Luton. Like he said, if he had lost that obscenity, I think it went all the way to the Supreme Court. It
1: did. It did, and it changed, it changed. music. Yeah. Not just hip-hop, it changed music in general.
0: Because if I think he had lost that case, we we wouldn't be able to say what we want to say on, on record. And freedom of speech wouldn't have been so free. Nah, <laughs> no, not at all. Nah, not in the least bit. Yeah.
1: But, you know, during this whole time that you're talking, okay. I'm looking at this book, I'm going to stop this episode right here. All right. And I want to do a part two based off of this book. Okay. What we'll do is I'll ask you two, maybe three years that are the most important to you in hip hop mm-hmm. and we will pick random dates in hip-hop and we will go through the conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's
1: great. I think that's that's a really dope idea um and yeah, that's where we're gonna end it man. Wow. This this is a damn, on the here. fly episode and I I enjoyed it man. Um any shout outs?
0: Uh man, you know the usuals man. Shout out, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Kristen. Um Kristen got a birthday coming up. Yes. Yes. Uh, shout out to my man Mel. Um you know everybody who who supports my podcast, you know what I'm saying? Thank y'all. Coming through, you know, giving me the feedback, all that good stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's the usuals,
1: man. Yes, you know? sir. Shout out to Norm. Shout out to Stacy. Raw Brown Sugar. Each and every Thursday. Shout out to Hus. SDE Podcast. Go stream and buy anything Norm puts his vocals on. You facts. need to have that. Facts. As soon as possible.
0: Super facts.
1: Um. Shout out to uh, JR Swift. Shout out to Low. Shout out to um Pre and her podcast. She's doing phenomenal. Um Yo somebody
0: somebody followed me from you. From my side? My uh, side of the fence? Yeah, and they, they they pretty cool. This is uh it's art. It's like an art picture they put up. Oh, Stacey? Up. No. Oh, Stacy? No, 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 nah, follow that one.
1: no, no, no,
0: but, but Keep going. Yeah.
1: Keep uh. Yeah, man. Shout out to everybody, man. Go stream and or buy, more or less. Buy love. Rs on, um, all the streaming platforms. It is available. Go buy that. Go listen to. Go fall in love or fall out of love. Understand the perspectives of men and women on love. Um. I'm a little tipsy right now, and uh, you know, you know, the, you know the fucking vibes, man. I'm back, man. Episode one on one. Yeah Word word Baltimore County Forever